0: Welcome to the Axe Church UK Weekly Podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! Today's message, if you're taking down notes, uh, it's called Good Choice. Good Choice. And I want to share a very practical message. I love preaching practical because we can actually take home and do something about it. You know, it's not just philosophical or theological. It's practical. You can go back, apply it to your life and immediately see uh, God results in your life. And so I want to help us as a church and as individuals uh, to be able to make good choices in life. You know, how many know that making good choices is important? And I want to help Make good choices that not only please God, which is the most important thing, but will also help fulfill our potential. You know, how many of you here love choices? You love choices. You know, all of us do, right? If I only told you that you could only have one flavor of ice cream for the rest of your life, some of you will see that as torture. You know, but if I tell you, hey, if I bring to a place that has 60 flavors, man, some of you that's heaven. Uh, but how many of you know for some people that's heaven, but for some people that's also nightmare? Cause it's both a blessing. I've got 60 flavors, but then you can only choose one. Oh no, which one? I can only choose one out of 60. Oh. And so that's why I want to help us to navigate. You know, I'm just using ice cream as an example in life. Uh, it's not ice cream flavors that we have to worry about. You know, it's where to work, God. Which job to apply to? Who to marry? Who to date? where to go after I graduate. Should I stay? Should I go? Where should I go? Where should I apply to? Should I apply to my home country? Should I apply to another country? And I want us to be able to be confident in our decision making. You know, we started the year by talking about how God is good and we can draw near to the goodness of God. And then last week we talked about how to be a good listener so that we not only draw near to God, but we can also you know, bring our ears closer to God's heartbeat. And so today's message is continuing in that spirit of helping us not just to hear from God, but now that we hear from God, we're able to make good decisions in our lives because decisions form habits. A lot of us, we are haunted by bad habits. The reason why some of us here, we can't wake up on time and it's become a habit in our life is because of the decisions that we've allowed in our lives. You know, decisions to to, to sleep late a little bit more than not. And before you know it, you have a habit of being a night owl. And before you know it, you have a habit of not being a morning person. And before you know it, you have a habit of not waking up before 12. And before you know it, the list goes on. And so if I can help us make good choices, I hope that I can not only help you excel in your pursuit of God, but you can also excel as a human being. Turn to your neighbour and say, I made a good choice sitting next to you this morning. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Before I go into the first scripture for today... Uh, allow me to pray Father Lord We thank you Lord And we just want to commit The preaching of the word Into your hands Today We didn't come to be entertained We came Lord To be transformed Lord Transformed from the inside out Lord Transformed according to your image Lord So Lord We just ask that you will help us uh, To receive your word With an open heart Help us to be hungry For all that you have In store for us God we pray that you will Bless the word uh, That we'll be reading from The verses Everything Let it jump out Of the pages Of the Bibles or the devices we're reading from and let it come alive in our lives and produce good fruit for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, like I said, today's title is Good Choice and right ahead, I want to give you the three points. And the three points, you know, the starting of each point, form one word and it's ask. And that statement itself is also the foundation. How do you make good choices? Ask. Ask. You know, specifically, ask God. And I'm talking about good choices, not the black and white choices, because that's obvious. I don't think you need to ask God, God, should I kill my neighbour? Should I kill my housemates? And trust me, I know a lot of us here, that thought has probably run through your mind at least once as a student. If you're working, you probably go, God, should I kill my boss? God, forgive me, you know? And, and I know that that kind of thought, and we're using the word kill, not literally, but in a very frustrated, I just want to vent, I just want to... Mm. But we all know that it's just an expression. And you don't need the Bible to say don't. In fact, the law and common sense tells you don't, right? And similarly, you don't have to ask like, oh, should I, should I pay my taxes or not? You don't need to ask God. You know, the, 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 the Her Majesty's revenue and customs will come after you if you don't. And so it's, it's a foregone conclusion. You know, you don't have to ask yourself, should I cheat on my girlfriend? Should I, should, I, should I cheat on my wife? Even Cosmopolitan will tell you that's not a good idea. And I'm not endorsing Cosmo. I'm not saying that go to Cosmo. But I'm saying that now, so today's application is for the gray areas in our life. The areas that we struggle with because it feels like there's no straightforward answer. Like where to work, no straightforward answer. You know, like where to work, no straightforward answer. And what to study, you know, and and other things. And so today, I want us to implement and draw truths from some of these godly principles from Jesus. And we want to Apply them to our lives so that we start making good choices. Turn with me to the first uh, scripture for today. Matthew chapter 7, 7 to 11. I made everything very easy for us to remember today. And then we're going to go through the three points that form ask. Matthew 7, verse 7 to 11. If you're there, can you hear a good amen? Amen. Praise God. If you don't have a Bible, turn to your neighbour and say, hey, can, can you share your Bible with me? It's good to read God's Word together. And uh, if you really don't have, even your friend or your neighbour doesn't have a Bible, it's okay, you can look up to the screen. And XTV has very kindly served in this manner. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. And right there, you get the first three points. Ask, seek, knock. A S K. Ah, oh, I saw a face of revelation light up I in mean, the whole church. You'd be like, oh my word. It's there. It's there. It's been there for thousands of years ever since the Bible was written. I was thinking, Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see how, God much, how much God loves you. He's, he's hidden His Word and He's made it so easy. So today's three points. Ask, seek, knock. And we're going to find out and we're going to elaborate more. But let's read on. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. What man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent. How many of you here love bread? Come on, see a show of hands. Amen. I, I know not n- nobody here is a parent. Uh sees a lot of show of hands for bread. And uh, how many of you here you like rice? You like rice? Oh, I see more hands, more hands. Wow. Wow, okay. And how many of you have gone to a restaurant and, and you order food and you ask for extra rice? Amen. And for fun, let's see. I mean, how many of you, one rice is enough for you. How many of you? Okay, one rice. I see some one rice bowl people, one bowl person. How many of you, uh, one bowl is too much and you share a bowl of rice? Okay, wow, wow. You got half bowl people. So I see the head half bowl people, one bowl people. How many of you are uh, 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 two, two, two portion people? Two portion, come on. Two bowls of rice, two bowls, oh I see more hands. Wow, wow. The guys, no, no, it's no. The girls were all half bowl, one bowl, then now it's like two. Maybe, maybe there's some girls, three bowls. Who knows? Three bowls! Three bowls, three bowls. Wow, I see more hands, three bowls. You know, some of you are so shy. You know, I see the girls poking fun at each other. It's okay. It's okay. You know, let the truth set you free, girls. Let the truth set you free. You know, the, the fact that you're honest about your your love for, for food could, you know, could, could spark interest in the guy opposite the aisle. They'll be like, oh, wow. Wow. Oh, my. We have, you know, how many? Four bowls. Four bowls. Four bowls. Wow. Four bowls. Jessica. Wow. Five bowls. Five bowls. At five bowls? Joseph, are you just raising your hand to get attention? Are you like... You know? Six bowls, six bowls, six, wow. So, 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 five, five bowls, five bowls, okay. So, anyway, if you go to a restaurant, how many of you, doesn't matter what restaurant you go to, and you go to an Italian restaurant and you say, that, Excuse me, can I have more bread? And the waiter counts back a stone. How many of you have had that happen to you? No, right? How many of you have gone to a restaurant and said, Can I have one more bowl of rice? And the person counts back with a bowl of rocks. How many of you have had that happen? To you no, right and so this is jesus saying the same thing you know even though none of us here are parents but but to apply another way to look at it is this how many of you when you go to a restaurant and ask the waiter for extra rice he gives you rocks and if the waiter doesn't give you rocks and the waiter who has no relation to you and the waiter who has a purely consumer you know, and, 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 and you know, provide a relationship with you, even the waiter who is profit-driven gives you good things, what more your Father in heaven? That's, that's, that's a revelation that God wants us to have, first and foremost, right? Because it says here, you know, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? And so if you're at a crossroad, And maybe this is a prophetic word for some people because for some of you, you are at a crossroad here in church, facing a crossroad in your life. Some of you will one day face a crossroad. And this message is for you. And I want you to know that the key towards making good choices is to ask from God because He will not withhold good things from you. Good direction, good opportunities, a good match. Amen? And and, and, but specifically... What do we need to ask? We need to ask for God's purpose. Because let's turn to another scripture. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Whether it's the New Testament or the Old Testament, the whole Bible says, for every big important decision in your life, go to God. You will not regret it. And Proverbs 3, verse 5 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. You know, sometimes when we are faced with a decision, we pray and we say we seek God, but we're actually going with our own understanding. And even though we say we're praying, we're praying for our own understanding. You know, let's, let's, let's use an example that maybe is not so serious, but it is an important decision in life. Let's say, for example, you know, you're, you're praying, God, you know, for a life partner, and then if you're just praying according to your own understanding, you, you might not make a good decision because you'd be like, God, I, ideally I would like to have a girl that's like this, this height, speaks five languages, cooks a different meal every day for me, and this and that. And sometimes we will pursue God. and say, God, please, God, please, would you bless me? But we're actually approaching with our own understanding. But then, The the, the scripture says, don't trust the Lord instead with all your heart, not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. How many want God to direct you? Direct you to the right job? Direct you to the right life partner. Direct you to, you know, because the thing is this, sometimes if we go with our own understanding, for example, man, that job pays really well. That job has the best benefits and you can be in the job that pays really well but still be miserable. Amen? You know, you you can be in the best university. Sometimes we pray according to our own understanding. God, I want Imperial, for example, because it's ranked so high. And then you go there And then the longer you go there, maybe for some of you, you're you're brilliant, so that's not a problem. But maybe for other people, you go there, God, how come before I joined Imperial, it ranks so high in my heart and the longer I'm in Imperial, it ranks lower in my heart. Because you've been going with your own understanding. You've been going with the understanding of your peers. But instead, God says that if you go with my understanding, I will direct your paths. And so the first thing towards making good choices in life is to go to God. Ask Him. God. What is your purpose? And that's like a little bonus point I want to give you. Because asking God is one thing, but what do you ask for? Because the Bible says, Ask and you shall receive. And I really believe that we should ask for a purpose, not ask for the paycheck. Sometimes we pray, God, give me a paycheck. Not ask for the plan, the five year plan. Not ask for what benefit, but ask God, what is your purpose? You know, because if we pray according to the things we see, the things we know, it's easy to even hear God wrong and get sidetracked, you know. You're praying for, let's say for example, you know, God, should I date Johnny? And he's so good looking, God. You know, he's got all the pecs I ever want in a guy, in all the right spots, God. God, should I, oh God, is, is Johnny the one? Is, is Johnny the one? The, the right word you should ask is this, how can me getting with Johnny fulfill God's purposes? Specifically, God's purposes means His greatest commands. And let's turn now, one more time, to Mark 12, verse 30, 31. And to summarize it, some of you already know this by heart. You know, the greatest command is this, to love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. So that's how you make good choices. Don't just go because our heart can be deceitful. I I heard so many times people go like, you know, I'm really glad I got this job because this job gives me so much money, and with this money now I can be a big giver and I can help build God's kingdom. One week later, not in church. Some people can say that, oh, you know, I want to, you know, uh, be in that university. I want to work in this country. You no, know, no, no. Go with God's purpose. God, what are your purposes for me? And use that as your cost-benefit analysis. But maybe we shouldn't use CBA. We should go like a purpose analysis. And go like, all right. You now coming back to Johnny again. God, Johnny's so good-looking. I'm using Johnny because I know for a fact there's nobody in church named Johnny. You know, don't worry. We'll get to Jenny soon, okay? So, so Johnny... Uh, Johnny. But the question you should ask, girls, is will you getting together with Johnny help you to love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength? Yes, yes. Because Johnny will lead me to Bible study. And then the question you've got to analyze is this: but shouldn't you love God for yourself with all your heart? Because it's all your heart, not with all of Johnny's heart. And then you go like, oh, God, ouch. And let's talk about Jenny, right? And they go like, no, God, I know I'm not a looker. And in church, nobody looks at me. I used to pray like this all the time. Don't believe me? You can ask Pastor Kat. You know, in college, she didn't lay her eyes on me. In fact, if there's one word she used to describe me, it's this word, uncle. (laughs) I should say that, no, this guy, oh. You know, the way he dressed, his hairstyle is so old-fashioned. And she always said, "This who carries an umbrella around in his bag in Malaysia? <laughs> in the UK, you'd be like, oh, I carry my bag?' And then, and then, and then, Kat, Well, because I I, I I walk everywhere, but but it's okay. You know, even though I'm the uncle, I still got the I still got to go in the end. Uh, happy birthday, happy birthday, Pasiket! <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, and and you could be like me, and I felt like that. I just remember one time, true story." A popular girl in class suddenly came out and go like, you know, David, I actually just want to say that I really like you. And, uh, you know, would you be my boyfriend? Oh, man, for the first time in my life, I have a girl that's so forward. And I was like, God, is this a sign from you, God? And God says that, does this relationship fulfill my purpose? Well, you'll make me very happy. Yeah, but does this relationship fulfill my purpose? This will being with her fulfill and then God begin to reveal and go like, no, this girl's not really on fire. And 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 I don't think she will add fire. She will, might even subtract fire because she's not on fire. And so, you know, I, you know, I owe as much as I want to, but it doesn't fulfill God's purposes. So I didn't make that decision. But thank God because I made the right choice. Amen. And so today, you know, seven years in that decision, in fact longer, seven years married. Uh, but actually more than that, you know, more than 10 years in, in the relationship. So more than 10 years making that good decision. Amen. Praise God. Why? Because you go with God's purposes. Amen. Some of you here, we have this dream of like, God, I want to work in this country. Wait until you work in this country. And then you'll be hit with this thing called the tax code. And all those who work, and I see some people say, Amen, Pastor. Amen. <laughs> some of you might not know this. You're still studying, you're thinking to yourself, Oh, it's so glamorous to be able to work in the UK. Until you realize that the tax code here, if your minimum wage, like me, the government still takes 20% of your monthly income. If you earn a lot of money, the government takes 45% of your monthly income. Can you imagine it's like being given an offer letter? Henry, we love you so much, we want to hire you as the chief scientist of our new global conglomerate. And we want to pay you £10,000 a month. And then Henry comes out and shares testimony in church and then everybody go like, wow, God, I also want that testimony. And then the first month, salary comes and he only gets 6K in his bank account. And that 4K, even though it's rightfully his, he doesn't get to taste it. He doesn't get to enjoy it. And then that's where you go like, God, this might not be the good choice for me. Right? You know, a lot of people here, you know, they hear from Pastor Cat. They go like, Pastor Cat, you... You're working now in the UK and people come up to her. So, so how? How do you get a job? And Pastor Kev always tell them, well, I, di- I didn't come here to get a job. I came here to fulfill God's purpose. And when I was fulfilling God's purpose, I got the job. Because the Word of God also says, Seek ye first His kingdom, His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. And sometimes I, I, I laugh and I smile because they still don't get it. Oh, okay, okay. But, but, but how did you apply? No, no, no. I, I didn't apply. I, I came here to serve God first okay, so, so, so how many years do you work in Malaysia? Seven. So does it mean that if I work in Malaysia seven years, I can come back here again and work? And she's like, no, no, no. I came here back to fulfill God's purposes. Oh, so you're saying that it's possible to work in Malaysia and then come back here to work again? No, it's not. It's God's purposes. Do you, do you, do you see how stubborn we can be? And, and the key towards making good decisions is to learn to detox our own understanding. And to go like, God, I, I want you to guide my life but it's quite literally, I want you to guide my life. I don't want my own understanding. I don't want my own wisdom. I don't want what my family is telling me. I don't want what the news is telling me. I want to do what you are telling me. And so, I guarantee you, apply this. Because not only that, when you, when you have God's purposes, the purpose will also grant you peace. Because you can be at the right place And that's the right choice for you, but it doesn't mean it's peaceful. Every job will have its politics. Every course will have its exam. Uh, Every job will have its bills. Every relationship will have its fights. You know what I'm saying? But when you know that, no, this is where I'm supposed to be because this is God's purpose for me, I will have the peace to weather through the storm. I will have the peace to, to go through the valley. And not just expect, oh, because it's God's choice, it goes, flows smoothly. No, God will give me the peace. And God will even give me the ability to pay the price. Amen. And that's the powerful thing about having a purpose in your life. Some of you might or might not know this, but, but we got a dog recently. And, and even a dog, you know, yay. But it has price. You know, dog food costs money. You know, uh, taking care of a dog has responsibilities. And, and, and so many times, you know, these hands are not just here to pray for the sick, but it's also to scoop poops. And I got to be okay. But rest assured, your pastor washes his hands before coming to church. Amen. Okay, let's move on. Point number two, seek. So if ask starts with asking for purpose, seek. Seek and you will find. You now, how do we apply in our lives the word Seek. Seek is a present tense. It's it's an ongoing thing. You know, we know this even as children. We play the game hide and seek. Not hidden and sought. Because when you find someone, the game continues, right? Those of you, uh, how many of you have never played hide and seek? Some of you are looking at me like, oh, Okay, okay, okay. If that's, you know, maybe you're the only child. (laughs) And and your parents ask you, now go hide! (laughs) And then nobody comes to seek you. But in a proper game of hide and seek, you keep, after you find someone, you go on and find another person and then another person and then another person. So when I was preparing for today's message, I feel the Lord says that I want you to, you know, teach my people to seek. And seek means not just a one-off thing. You see, many times you only want to go to God with the big decisions when the deadline is tomorrow. And then we we'll go like, God, oh, please, you got to answer right now. I cannot mess up. I got to make, but God is saying that, come on, practice with everything. You know, let's go back to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 again, and verse 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, do not lean on your own understanding, but specifically it says, in all your ways. Not some of your ways, but in all your ways. You know, and so we got to learn to practice bringing decisions before God in everything. You know, for example, you know, we, we try to... You know, break the ice in church and sometimes after church, we, we say, hey, will you come for lunch? Even that, apply. Come on. Okay, should I stay for lunch? You know, I, I'm not really, you know, I'm very scared to talk to people. I'm quite introvert. But, 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 but God, what's your purpose? Will lunch help me to love you with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind and strength? Well, maybe. Oh, not really. Lunch is lunch, right? But then... God's purpose and God's command doesn't stop there. It's also to say, love your neighbour as yourself. God, should I go for homes? Actually, you know, I you know, I just did a very powerful quiet time. I don't need a spiritual recharge anymore. Yeah, but it's not about you. It's about loving your neighbour as yourself. So going to homes is not just about you. It's about helping other people. Going out for lunch after a while, it's, it's, you know, sometimes, you know, we, church is bigger now, we go to different areas for lunch, and do you know where sometimes, uh, me and Pastor Care where we go to is prayed through, go like, God, okay, how do I love my neighbor? Okay, so where? Where are most of the newer people at? And you know, I want to go there, because that's your purpose for me. There, I can love my neighbor as myself. You know, that group, oh, I love them, but, but I just had a very good barbecue with them, so I think, I think they can do without their pastor for Sunday lunch for one weekend. And the following week, I'll be like, oh, I have a fellowship with, with the South Kensington Homes Gang for a while. Maybe I will go and, and and spend time with them because, again, purpose. You may be thinking, pastor, it's just lunch. You know, I just go where I feel like it. But, but th- this is where God wants us to practice. When you begin to practice, practice, practice every day, you get it right effortlessly. You know, there's someone in church who shall not be named, uh, who exudes calm and confidence even in the face of exams. And many times, you know, her exam could be next day and she'll still stay back to fellowship in church and then ask to go for dessert. Just the other day, she came for a prayer meeting, praise God. And then we pray for her, God help her. She's got a tough paper tomorrow. Prayer meeting is over. She's sitting there, fellowshipping. And then we go like, hey, wait man, We didn't know our... our power. Oh! Oh no! Oh! What is... But then, actually, one day I was very curious. I had this suspicion. I go like, no, 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 no. You know, I, I don't, I don't think. You know, I think that I think I have a theory behind it. So one day I walked up. Since the name is out, I walked to Wingman. <laughs> and I said, hey, "Wingman, you look so calm and composed. I love it. You know. And I know, you know, some of the students might interpret. Oh, Wingman's extra smart. That's why she can afford to be at church. But actually," I asked her, I said that, I have a theory. You study every day, don't you? And she goes like, yeah. And when you study, you study. And she goes like, yeah. <laughs> and because of that, you're able to go through the tough times with little or no stress. No, I, I, I still stress. She says with a smile and twinkle in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess we all know the answer. You see, it's the consistency of your everyday that helps you when the big decisions come, when the big exam comes. And in life, it's not just in school. In life, it's full of exams. In life, it's full of multiple choice questions. Where to work? How much to give? How to serve? Where to go? Should I go for missions? Should I I bless that brother? You know, should I be generous unto God? Should I sign up for a conference? Answer is always yes. Should I go to church? answer is always yes. But then there are other multiple choice questions. But if you're faithful, you know, I won't, I won't name names, but there's another girl in church. Today, she's serving in Acts and she's loving it. But how she came to church was quite literally because another brother one day was at a crossroad. Literally, a crossroad at Holborn. And he had just finished his classes and he was just standing there thinking Surrendering to God. God, this very divine and powerful question that we ask ourselves every time, should I do my shopping now? Because I live away here, so should I take the tube, beat the rush hour jam, arrive there, go shop, and then carry back home? Or should I shop now, carry the the groceries through the tube, and then end home? And as He was praying, you see, submitting in all your ways in your eating, in your shopping, in your fellowshipping, in your holidaying, in all your ways. Sometimes you're going to ask yourselves, you know, oh, should I go for that holiday? And your friends are saying, but the Northern Lights only happen once a year. And some people say it will never happen again. But will going for that holiday serve my purposes in God? Who are you going with? If the people you're going with are dodgy, don't go. Who are you going with? If it's just you and your girlfriend, don't go. Who are you going with? you got to ask yourself, oh, me going this, how, how will it help people see God? If, if me doing this helps people look at God with cynicism, then I don't want to go. If me going this sends around wrong message, I don't want to go. And then coming back to the crossroad again. So this guy was just thinking, oh, where should I do my shopping? And then this other girl, who today is in Acts, serving, was looking for a church. Heard that there was an X in London, but didn't know where or how to find it. Saw this guy, because he remembers this guy from her time in Malaysia. And goes, oh, you're doing here? Oh, what are you doing here? Oh, I just arrived here to study. Oh, here, da, da. oh. oh by the way, are you going to axe church? Yes, I am. Great. I've been wanting to go. I didn't know how. I'm so glad I found, I met you. So I, don't, I don't want to be too, too kind of like, you know, trying to set people up. I found you. That sounds, sounds a bit too romantic, you know. I'm so glad I found you. Me too. Anyway, so you go like, oh, oh yeah, great. Would you like to come? And, and just like that, quite literally at a crossroad, what was that divine connection? Shopping for groceries can lead someone to a community of faith. You see, if you begin to seek God every day, seek God with everything, seek God, Let it be an ongoing thing. Amen? And then that will protect you and prepare you for the big decisions. Last point, the knock. Knock. Knock and it will be open to you. Knock. You know, when I think of knocking, I think of testing. Knocking is not just a demand for a door to be open. But when I think of knocking, I don't know why, I always think of old people and their desire to knock as a way to test. Have you, have you seen old folks shop in the grocery aisle and they could be picking up a watermelon and they're knocking it for some reason? You know, I've been to shopping malls before and they have, you know, luxury cars on display at the concourse and there's always an older gentleman knocking on the bumper just to see whether the steel is the real deal. And, 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 and knocking for me gives an understanding that it's trying, you're trying out. You're putting your hands, you're putting your physical hands. Asking is out of your control. Seeking is out of control. Knocking is your own hands on the object that you desire, testing it out, thumping it down. And so, in other words, to make good choices, God wants us to use, and I know this will blow your mind, God wants you to use your brain. I just saw, wow, so many people just like, wow, you wrote that down so fast as if that it changed your life. Let's turn to, you know, one more scripture so you know your, your pastor's not talking of his But Luke 14, chapter 28, verse 32. This is Jesus speaking. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish. All who see it begin to mock him, saying, "'This man began to build and was not able to finish.'" Or what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? Or else while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. In the full context of Luke chapter 14, was Jesus talking about picking up your cross and following Him? In other words, salvation. And I love the fact that even when it comes to such a faith decision, like salvation, Jesus is saying that use your brain as well. If you want to follow me, follow me. No ifs, no buts. If you want to love me, love me with all. Don't Don't be emotional about it. A lot of us, we emotionally give our life to Jesus, and then after that, we are so inconsistent in our walk with Christ. And we talk a great game, but we don't walk that talk. And so Jesus says, I'm not looking for people who talk well. I'm looking for people who walk well. So if you're going to follow me and salvation is in my hand, forgiveness is in my hand, but I want you to think, I want you to commit with all your heart and all your mind that this is it for you. No turning back, no turning back. And so God is saying that, look, I've given you a brain. And for some of us to make good choices is as simple as bringing out a mirror And looking at it. Oh, I know, that sounds painful. Or bringing out your your report card and you look at it. Because for far too many times that me and Pastor Cat, we we don't like to be the people that pour cold water. Uh, But we get a lot of people come up to us and go like, Pastor, you know, by faith, I'm applying for all these jobs. Would you pray with me? And then as we're hearing this person, we're going like... Ooh, oh brother, oh sister, if only you realise that y- your grades can't get you there. Or, or to realise that who you are right now, you know, this is not the right fit. But of course, we, we, we don't want to pour the cold blanket. You know, we very much prefer if the person can see for themselves. Because sometimes we... We don't use our own common sense that God's given us. We don't use the brain that God's given us. And we make the wrong decisions in our life. And that opens a door of disappointment, opens a door of depression, opens a door of, of just, you know, a doom and gloom. A door that God never wanted you to open in the first place. And that could have been avoided if you were to look at it objectively and talk to people. You know, a lot of times, you know, giving, for example, you're thinking to yourself, oh, I would love to work in this country. Yes, you can ask God, but you can also talk to people who are working. And they will be able to fill you in and go like, oh, actually, if you're going to work in this industry, get ready for long hours. Get ready for, you know, high cost of living in London. Get ready for, you know, your bosses. Get ready for this, get ready for that. And sometimes even that, Will be able to help you make an informed decision. Some of you here, you know, you're, you're thinking to yourself, you know, oh, I, I want to, you know, be, you know, in, in you know, involved in some, you know, in, with that guy, that girl. Why do you talk to some married people in church? Why don't you talk to your pastors? I know it's sometimes scary, you don't want to talk to pastors. At least talk to some of the people who are happily married. You know, don't go to your friends that are equally clueless, go to them. And then they'll sit you down and give you some pointers and before you know realize, you go like, ooh, that doesn't sound like a good choice. Oh, that sounds like, you know, that's just an excuse that He gives. So, so, so knock, amen? You know, apply this. That is, what, what, I, I love this because God is saying that there is room for both faith and facts. And they don't contradict each other. And God says that do your due diligence. Do your research. Do your reading. Do your preparation, and then ask. Because even though you have understanding, you can still bring it before God and allow Him to supersede that understanding. But you've got to also at least do your part. Ask, seek, and knock. Amen? And so I want us to start applying this. And I want you to know that as your pastor, I'm not, I'm not just challenging you something that I'm not applying for myself. So, so that with this last example, I'll close. I mentioned earlier that we got a dog, Right? And, uh, you know, even when we were getting a dog, and it's just a dog, right? But it's also not just a dog, because it's a responsibility. We prayed, And the number one thing we prayed wasn't, God, will the dog be cute? Because my dog might not turn out to be cute. You know, she's a mixed breed. <laughs> we don't know fully how she'll turn out. Her mother's pretty, but we've never seen the father. You know, so even animals have social problems. And so we were taking, you know, this, this, this little... Dog in, and we don't know. So we didn't pray, God. Instead, we pray for a purpose. God, will getting this dog hinder your purposes for our lives? So, God, if this dog will stop us from meeting people, then we shouldn't get a dog. But if if this dog can help us break the eyes of people, then maybe this, this, this dog can help, you know, to you know serve God. We said this many times before. If if ever yeah, and this might sound cold. You might think, oh, my pastors are so cold. They actually might not love their dog. You know, and we say this many times, we go like, if the dog becomes a nuisance, if the dog for some reason bites people, and that makes it hard for us because nobody wants to go to meet your pastors if your pastor's dogs bite. Then the dog has to go because the dog doesn't serve God's purpose. But so I had to bring, oh, God, should I, should I serve, you know, this, this, this dog, does this dog fulfill your purpose? And it's a seeking, it's an ongoing thing. And can I share with you how it it ties in? So at the end of the year, as a lot of us usually do, you reflect, you think. And uh, at the last service of last year, we had a faith declaration. We go like, God, these are some of the things that I want to see happen in the new year. God, I'm believing in God for it. I'm declaring by faith. God, help me to walk into it by faith. And so I just want to be vulnerable. And what I'm about to share with you uh, can be misinterpreted as racist, but it's not. I just want to clarify that. And so I was, I was praying, God, in the new year, how? How can I grow? How can the church grow? God, what area of my life can be improved on? Because I want to I, I serve you. And, you know, I don't want to give you last year's offering. I don't want to give you this year's. I want to search my heart. And, and, and I realized this, and the Holy Spirit helped me realize this, actually. And, 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 I felt the Holy Spirit say that, you know, Dave, when you go out, and you go to Chinatown, for example, and in Chinatown, there are people from all walks of life. There are people from Taiwan, people from China, people from Hong Kong, people from Malaysia, people from Singapore, people from Indonesia, people from Vietnam, people from Thailand, uh, you know, whole whole of Asia pretty much represented there in Chinatown. I say, yes, Lord. And your heart goes out for them, don't you? And I say, yes, I do. Some of you might or might not know this, but but when I go to Chinatown, I, I don't go there looking for dim sum. When I go there, it's not my stomach that's growling, my heart is burning. Because I'm looking at all these nations and I go like, God, how, how, how can I bring the gospel to you? How can, I, if, how can I grab your hand and drag you out of darkness into God's marvelous light? God, how can our church reach more people? How can our church reach more people from China? And then God says that when you go to SOAS, you know, the School of Oriental and African Studies part of UOL, some of your study there. And when you go there for your prayer walks, your heart goes out for that place, don't you? I say yes. When I see people from Europe speaking in different languages, my heart goes like, God, if only I could speak that language. When I hear people speak Arabic, I go like, God, if only I could speak that language. When I hear people from from different nations of Africa, I go like, God, would you just, oh God, I want our church to be multicultural and multicolourful. God, would you, how God, how, how, how? And then the Holy Spirit challenged me and go like, yeah, but do you notice when you're in Camden, when you're walking past the clubs and the pubs where all the locals are at, your heart doesn't burn. And it was an ouch moment and I go like, yeah, God, you're right. And what we're doing here, our church is, you know, some people call us Malaysian church and we're, not, we're Malaysian, but, but this is not a Malaysian church. This is God's church. You know, we, and, and, and this is... And, and, and I found myself going like, no, but God, I don't, I don't hate them. I'm, I'm not afraid of them. Yeah, but, you, but God is saying, but your heart doesn't burn for them like how you burn for the other nations. And sometimes, even though we're serving God, we can grow complacent. And I discovered, even as your pastor, I'm like, yeah, even though we're here planting a church and we should be missional, how come I'm, I'm passive in my desire, in my hunger to reach local people? I'm, I'm passionate about the nations. And London is a place where the nations come to. Uh, but how about the people who are from the UK? And I go like, God, I'm so sorry. Give me a heart. Give me a heart. I, 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 want, I, I don't want to grow cold. I don't want to be passive. I used to pray and, I stu- and I, I, I mean, we still pray this, but, but this used to be my only prayer. God, I'm committed to love anyone that walks through the doors of our church. No matter what nation, no matter what background. But God is saying that, yeah, in 2019, would you stop waiting for them to walk through your door and walk out your door to reach them? You might be thinking, Pastor, uh, what about the dog? (laughs) And so now that I have a dog, this is how God puts His purposes together. I'm praying, God, should I get a dog? Does this dog fulfill your purpose? Because she's still a puppy, we only got her for a day. I can give her back and get my money back. You know, she's been pooping and peeing places she's not supposed to. And as I'm walking, I'm talking to people. And I kid you not, one week of walking my dog has allowed me to speak to more people in my neighbourhood, on the street, than the whole of 2018. One week in 2019 with the dog, I've spoken to more neighbors. In fact, the, God's purposes, right? Love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Because of the dog, I actually know who my neighbors are. I actually know, oh, these are all the dog owners. And all the dog owners gather at this park. So now what does your pastor do at 12? He's not just bringing the dog out for a walk. He's putting himself out there. Because today, I'm bringing my dog out. And then everybody compliments you from there. Oh, she's such a cutie. And I go, yes, dog, fulfill your purpose. <laughs> and then the dog becomes a conversation starter with my neighbors. With the, with, the, with the people who are majority local. And, and again, clarification. This sounds racist, but it's not racist. I realize in my entire neighborhood... When I walk my dog, all the other dog owners look at me. Because it feels like owning a dog in my neighborhood is like a white person thing. And so when they look at me, it, it, it immediately stumbles them They go, Oh, uh, this is an odd sight. Uh, but I guess we'll talk to him. You know? and, and now I'm talking to them, I go like, Wow, I've never had so much conversation at the playground, on the street, on the bus on the bus now, when I see other people's dogs. Now even though without my dog, I talk to them about their dog. And then I tell them that I have a dog. And then I tell them my dog's breed. And I ask them what's their dog's breed. And I ask them how old is the dog and how, what, what tips can they give. And then today, we might be talking about the dog. Tomorrow, I'll be talking about their family. And then the day after, I could be talking about who I am and what I do. And then who knows, in five weeks' time, I could be praying for them. And in six months' time, I could be having them sit at the back, and who knows, maybe we will be a dog-friendly church. Okay, okay, just saying, just saying, just saying. Don't quote me on that. Bring your dogs to church. Now, when I walk into my neighborhood pet shop, the people who work there talk to me, even though my dog's not there. And they go like, oh, how are you? Because maybe I'm the only non-white person in the whole shop. I'm good. Your dog's still okay? Yeah. Oh. Can you Can I give you a treat to pass to her? My dog has more friends than me now. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, sure. Do you see? Purpose. You may be thinking, Pastor, what was Again, because even with the dog, I go like, God, your purpose, so that definitely you can have confidence that when it comes to the big decisions as a church, for your life, your pastor will be able to help at least advise you If you want to come knocking on your pastor's door, point number three, knock, right? Trust that your pastor will be able to give you good wisdom because he's been practicing with the dog. And because he's been practicing with the dog, he will get it right with God. Because D O G, G O D, get it? No? Because, huh? 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 Some of you get it? Some of you are cringing. I want us to make good decisions. Make good choices that please God and help fulfill your potential. Good choices that will not open the wrong doors in your life. So would you church, start a new habit this year. Don't just be a hearer of a word, be a doer. Ask God. God, don't just go with, God, is this the job? God, it pays well? No, God, what's your purpose? Will this job help me to serve your kingdom better? how will it he help serve my kingdom better? Maybe the job doesn't pay well, but it gives you a lot of time. But maybe that's where God wants you to be because with the extra time, you can go for missions and you can serve in church. Maybe this job, you know, pays well, but the hours are longer. But if God says, go for it, go for it, because with the extra profit, you can be a bigger blessing to the people around you. Amen? When you ask God for purpose, He not only gives you peace, He, only, he also gives you the, the ability to pay the price, but He also gives you The provision. The provision to step out the provision of faith. Amen? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your Word. And God, we want to be, Lord, people who exemplify what it means to have God in our lives. And, And we cannot exemplify that if we're stepping into wrong, if one wrong decision into another. And so, God, today I pray that, Lord, you will help us, Lord, according to the principles of your Word, to ask. To ask, seek, and knock. Ask, Lord, in everything that we do, God, ask, God, what is your purpose? Can can this job fulfill your purpose? Can this degree fulfill your purpose? Lord, can this lunch fulfill your purpose? Lord, where I shop, can it fulfill your purpose? Uh, God, this trip, can I fulfill your purpose? God, me serving, can I fulfill your purpose? And to seek you in all our ways. In all our ways, your word says, in all your ways, trust in Him and He will direct your paths. He will direct it, God. God will personally come in and direct your life. Like a conductor, He will direct you when to rise, when to go low, but ultimately to make you a masterpiece in His eyes. And last but not least, God, You've given us hands, You've given us eyes, You've given us a mind. God, the Word of God says to love you all over mine as well. God, so help us to knock. Help us to do our due diligence, God. Help us to open up your Word and let it be used as a spiritual mirror at least to reflect upon our life. Because maybe some decisions, God, we don't need to to, to use faith as an excuse. We actually need to look hard and realize that, you know what? Actually, I'm too inconsistent to be able to do this. So maybe not. Oh, this is too not practical, so maybe not. Ask, seek, knock. Lord, I pray, Lord, for everyone here, prophetically even for some people who could be right now at the crossroad, right now believing you, God, for a decision. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you'll help them. Lord, reveal not the, the details of the breakthrough, but reveal your plans and your purposes, Lord and use your purposes, Lord, to be a compass, Lord, to be a way for us to analyse whether to go left or to go right, Lord, to go forward or to go back. God, I ask, Lord, that you help everyone here, Lord, who is in need of a direction right now. Lord, you would, you would speak to them through your purposes. You will speak to them through your scripture. Lord, you will help them, Lord. Lord, do not miss out, Lord, on the plans you have for them. Would you receive that blessing,